guys. All right, listen. Don't look. So here's the deal, Dave. <laughs> All right, man. It's trade deadline day in two so days. Essentially. In two essentially, days. Yes. We're like, I mean, we're right there, though. By tomorrow, we'll be saying it's, you know, isn't it like noon now? They changed it to not be midnight or something like. So, I mean, it, I do it's believe right it's... around the corner. So, of course, people are talking about Thunder trades. So, I mean, obviously, there's the one we talked about last time that we agreed it's not happening. So we can get over it. Um, but let's talk about the other ones. The other ones that could happen. Um, first name that comes to mind. Bertans. Hmm. For good reason. Okay. I do think he has two years left on his contract. I think he's more valuable next year as an expiring contract. So that's one of the reasons I think that we might keep him. I could be wrong about all this information, Dave. Who are you thinking might be available? I know you put a lot more thought into this. What's up, Mawani? What's up, buddy? The reason I've I've put a little bit more thought into this... um, it's just because I've had a lot of time on my hands. Let's be honest. I've been enjoying my my break, Mark, um, and I've letting my brain go crazy on the possibility of trades and what would it take for a trade to happen here in Oklahoma City. Um, first of all, I like to call it the third, the cool thirty million. All right. All right. So if Sam Presti's trying to shave money right now and he's looking at his cool thirty million, you got Bertans, you got Usman Jang, and you got Mischich, right? They equal thirty million dollars. Now you can. You can put in another name, blank here or blank there, um, but you've got this $30 million that is really something that you got to circle. Now, why did I put Usman Jang? Is because a lot of teams are going to want a first rounder from Oklahoma City, which I think Sam is going to be greedy as a motherfucker when it comes to its first rounders, not trading it, but they will take a young asset. Usman Jang is a young asset. I think he's due five and a half million or five and a half million someplace around there. Um, and salary. So, and he's going to sign a, a longer contract. And I think you got to look at Usman as a seven to $10 million um, asset on your team. So are the Oklahoma City Thunders going to be willing to pay that out? That's up to them. But the reality is that if you're going to make a trade, you've got $30 million that you can play around with that won't affect you in the long run. So how you use that, it's up to you. What's up, Jaden? So, okay. So Jang, I still think Based on what I've seen this year, like his progression is still is still taking place. Obviously, minutes are hard to sure. come by, but sure. um, and Michich has been an asset in games, and so has is Jang. So, sure. um, but Michich more recently in big games that I can remember, um, like, but Bertans hasn't really played much. Trey Mann hasn't no. been playing too much. Is there something like I listen? There? If, if you're gonna get rid of players, right? If you're going to get rid of players and it's just going to be a player trade, you're going to open roster spots for Keontae Johnson, some of these other guys that are playing really well in the G League, then sure, this is what needs to happen. you got to clear some of the deck, right? Bring in a young, talented player that's going to cost you about $30 million a year, recognizing that that is what you're about to pay out for these guys. You look at Usman Jang, you're going to sign him to, what, a $40 million, you know, three-year, four-year deal to keep him in Oklahoma City? So you got to look at that in the, in the aspect of what we're willing to pay out. So can we get a young under 27 player that has a salary of 22 to $30 million, right? And can we find that type of um, asset that's going to come in and, and help us out right away? Um, and a lot of people will say, yes, that's available. And 
for me, like there's very few guys that I would go out after like that. Okay. Um, now I don't think that these two players are available, but Dante Sabonis is one player that, that I think that you would, you would trade a couple draft picks for and give young talented players for And the other guy is the Miami heat, man. You look at them and they're in that disarray moment, right? So what happens if Bam wants out? You got to look at that as a legit opportunity to swipe in there and take, give some assets up, do whatever it takes to, to get on player like that, that caliber. Let me ask you this. So are you thinking this is the time for Sam Presti to help reinforce this team to move forward? A lot of people think that he should wait. Do you think this is the time for him to do that? Well, this is, this is what the discussion is going to continue up until tomorrow, the end of the, the trade deadline, is because what's happening, and, and I put up a, um, um, an article the other day in ESPN. Um, I'll share it again. Um, but it's talking about with um, Bobby Marks and when he goes into grave detail about what's going to happen with a new CBA and why it's so important that these teams are shedding some of these contracts, right? And they have to get rid of some of these high, you know, high money because you're looking at a team like Golden State or whatever that's paying $400 million this year to keep this team together. But next year, it's even worse because of the new way things are going. And these teams, you just can't sit here and say that they're not going to try to make a deal and, and do something. And if Oklahoma City is, is sitting in a driver's place to pick up two extra first rounds, but they got to give up $30 million, you know, like why wouldn't they step in and help out a team like that? You know, like help out a team that they need to get rid of a player and you can swing that player across to blank, blank, blank. You know, like the new CBA is going to change everything, guys. It's, it's not the typical, you know, new year when it comes to the NBA. You're going to be looking at something that's going to so dramatically impact every single part of the NBA. You know, Bobby Marks, you know, put, puts it out there, lays it forward. It says you want to have a team that sticks together because that's going to be your most valuable asset. It is draft picks and a team that sticks together. And that's what Oklahoma city is all about right now. So you think it's more about a CBA situation than like giving this team the ammunition they need to, for a deeper run. Listen, if somebody offers us a player that is going to make us better for the run, and all we have to do is give them $30 million in contract that's essentially expiring or young asset. Why would we say no? Like if, if this player is going to help us win a championship and win right now, and people are trying to dump money, like nobody's business, it would be hard for Sam to be like, listen, this player would cost me two or three first rounders typically, but because people are dumping salaries right and left, I can get them for two young assets that aren't going to play very much for the next two or three years. So who are the teams that are about to hit the panic button? Well, that's, again, why Sam Presti's in the driver's seat. How many teams are going to approach Sam at the panic button, pushing the panic button and approach Sam and say, we need to get a deal done. We're willing to pay whatever the cost is to get a deal done. So in these situations where Sam typically have to pay two first rounders for, for a player, you're going to see Sam take two first rounders to take that player. It's going to be flopped. So I think you're going to see um, the Chicago Bulls are obviously in just panic mode. I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be in panic mode. Um, I think uh, a team like the Blazers, I think you're looking at the Heat, are wanting to shed, shed, some, shed some money because they're not going to be really a playoff contender this year. Um, I think the um, Pelicans are going to be a team that needs to shed. I also think the Golden State Warriors are the biggest team that needs to shed 
And those moving pieces could land Oklahoma City with a sick deal because they're going to need a third so, or fourth team to get these so you're deals thinking done. Three to four team deal. The the elements that go to the team that's trying to get off money are probably going to be tax relief. The elements yes. of the team taking on the most money are probably going to be some sort of like pick package. And then there's going to Plus, be a team whatever. that needs to facilitate that by taking on extra players, sending the picks over, and making sure everything just like all the wheels are lubricated, right? That's the Thunder. Correct. And so yeah. the Thunder ends up with a guy like Kenny Hustle or um, uh, a guy Plus that's two like first a, rounders. Mind, a mind you that. Guy. Remember, remember the throwing deal whenever we did, um, we traded Steven Adams, right? We ended up with yeah. George Hill and mm-hmm. Kenny Hustle. Um, you know, you, you end up with these extra guys for being a part of these big oh, packages. Yeah. Um, a few other guys that we didn't end up keeping. But so that, that's kind of, you, you think that's how we're going to do it. You don't think in any way, shape, or form, like, we're trying to, like, fully. We're not seeking. Okay. We're not. I, I, would, be, I would be shocked if Sam is seeking. Because here's the thing about Sam. Um, he doesn't like doing trades midseason, typically. Right. He just doesn't. If you look at his pedigree in the past, he does very few mid-trade seasons, uh, mid-trade players in the se- during the season. So it would have to be a situation where it was literally gifted to us. And, and if you think about the new CBA, this is a time it happens. As a player, yeah. it's just like essentially gifted to you just by helping out. You know? Like, that's, that's what we're talking about. And, 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 and Oklahoma City is a perfect place for a, t- a player that's like, you know, that's a $30 million player that's not getting the typical love he needs to rebuild his game. I, to me, like, there's few players out there, but, it, I mean, we played against, I mean, honestly, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at it and I'm saying there's a couple players that I'm circling right now that would, that would be in a big-time trade, you got to look at some of these young players that came out around the time that Josh Giddy came out. You just got to do it. Scotty Barnes. You got to look at some of these other guys that their teams are rebuilding right now and they need more draft picks and they need more assets. They need more this and that than they need some players. And I think that what you're going to see is just a, a natural instinct to get rid of some of the salary caps and make sure that they can stay under. And that's how Oklahoma city is going to land on a sick deal. And it's going to be land because that person is going to be calling up Sam Presti, be like, please, 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 please. And Sam Presti's like, I don't like to do mid trade, you know, season trades. I don't like to do it. You know, like, and finally, if that happens, that's where he's going. This is not Sam Presti picking up the phone call and calling everybody saying, here's my players that are available. I'm willing to trade two first round draft picks. I mean, that is not what's happening right now. It's just not. But in a sense, though, you may you started out by making an argument that there's up to $30 million in space of players who are basically non-everyday rotational players. And in doing that, you could open up the ability to help any team do pretty much anything, except anything. for Golden State War- Warriors getting off of all of their deals. You could help them get off of a couple of mistakes, but not all their mistakes. Like, that's that's a big. But like, you bring up a really good point because if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Andrew Wiggins, and I'm Golden State Warriors, right? Andrew Wiggins is making someplace around thirty million dollars, right? I'm sitting there saying, who's going to take thirty million dollars? Now, I'm not a huge Andrew Wiggins fan, right? Yeah. But like, if Andrew Wiggins came attached with blank amount of draft picks, I would be a huge Andrew Wiggins fan. 
you know, like it would be a much different thing if like we got paid to take on a salary that pretty much matches up with three players that aren't, you know, full-time players. Like again, we would rehab Andrew Wiggins and trade him in or, a couple of years and all that other stuff. He could, we could help him land in Charlotte, help him land in Charlotte. We, we, we hold on to him for the end of the year until we, we are able to get where he needs to get. My point is that there's so many things that we can do as a team to allow other teams to get off of the money. And we have, I think, uh, 12 or $14 million before we hit the first cap, which we're not going to touch. We don't want to, we don't want to fuck around with that. But if you think about that, that's how much we have, right? On top of 30. So we, we have a significant amount of room for pay and, and it just be a natural move in. And yes, we're going to have to pay, you know, Josh and, you know, Chet and J-Dub and all, you know, all these other guys. I get it. I totally understand. But anything that happens is going to be a two-year deal that we're bringing on. You know, it's just going to be a player that's going to take two years and then he's gone. And because of that, you can look at this roster and you can say, yeah, there's $30 million right there. Yes, Bertans is an aspiring contract next year. But if you take him on, he's, you know, it's a $17 million, I think it is. So you just add the money. Let's go. Let's go back to the beginning. because. I got to admit, when you started out by throwing Jang and Michich in there, I was a little bit annoyed. I was like, uh, okay. So that says to me something not about you, but more about how I feel about those players. Because I really do think that there's a bright future for those guys. Do you, do you still think it's with the Thunder? I think there's going to be uh, what I, I, I've been looking at. I, I circled six guys on the Thunder. Um, that I feel like are their backs are against the wall right now. And I won't get into those six guys because I don't want to be like pointing anybody out. But there's six players that I feel like it's, um, it's a do or die situation for them. Why is that? Because our wet dream, essentially, with this next year's draft is coming true. And let me just explain to you what I mean by that. Okay, guys, the Utah Jazz right now are sitting in a nice place of 10th place in the West. All right. So meaning that at this point, we're going to get that pick and it's going to be someplace between 11, 12 or 13. Right. The Houston Rockets are sitting in ninth place right now. Now they're sitting in a place that is quite particular about what's going to happen next. Right. Is the Houston Rockets going to all of a sudden lose a couple of players and then they're going to start tanking and then their pick is going to be like, well, we're going to try to get in the bottom five. But there's too far ahead to be able to even try that. Yeah, that's not happening. So if they start tanking for any sort of stretch of reason, we're getting their pick. So it could end up between six and eight. <laughs> Think about that. In this next year draft, we could still end up with, you know, 11th pick or 12th pick and the sixth pick. So with that being said, is like, what else do we need to keep doing? We just need to keep Shout on playing. Alessandra for keeping us up to date on, on the pick so status. If we think about that, and we know we have two roster spots coming available to us. And Sam Presti's like, we know now what type of players that we need on this team. Okay? Those are the two roster spots that need to be opened up before this next season. And that's what I'm saying. is like, if we have an opportunity to do that, we got to take that. Keontae Johnson hasn't played in a lot of games. And I think that's, that's a reason that now with 30, was it 32 games left? He can play pretty much every game if he needs to. 
So there's certain aspects of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build that we have to look at and we have to say, is this a legitimate thing? Can Sam Presti say at this moment, I need to get this player, this player, that player? Yeah, he could. Do I think it's likely that Sam Presti is going to go out and seek a trade? No. But if somebody gives him a deal that he cannot refuse, he's going to take it because he's an opportunist, whatever. You get what I'm saying. There we go. Opportunist. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Opportunist GM. He's going to take an opportunity that presents himself to be able to help his team this year and in the future. All right. So when you talk about that, that gets me pretty excited, but. I'll avoid getting too excited about that until we get a little closer to those picks being solidified. The all-star game is coming up really fast. Coach D has a chance to coach the all-star no, game. He's done. He's out of it. He's out of it. Chris Finch has, yeah, Chris Finch has officially um, taken it. Damn. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, it came down to um, the last game, which was the other night where we went to double overtime. Yeah. Um, and if they won that game, then Chris Finch was in because it was tied. Um, head-to-head was tied. Um, and then it went down to conference play, which they have, uh, I think they were tw- 23 and, and eight or something like that. And we're 24 over, and 11 bro. or something like that. It's yeah. Over. So Chris Finch took it over, bro. So. Fuck that. Anyway, you know what? I got to get the you know starter. What? This is what's even, I'm going to piss you off. You ready for this? I'm going to yeah. really piss you off. Piss me off. All right. Ant came out and recently just said that coach, coach Finch is going to take out the mid range game completely out of the all-star game. If you go mid range. He's going to go bench, get in the game. That was a direct strike to Shea, bro. Direct strike to Shea. He was letting Shea know, if you go to your mid-range game, Coach Finch is going to take you out and put me in. Start jacking up threes, man. Remind me of an all-star game. Doesn't it piss you off, dude? Like, like Ant is already out there talking shit. Like, he's going to, he deserves to be the one starting and not Shea. Like, he's the one that's making what's going to happen next happen. You know, think about, think about the Wolves, right? Is you would think that they've done something by now. You know what they remind me a lot of right now? Remember how the Grizzlies were just talking so much smack a couple of years ago, dude? And they were out there and they were like, we're the toast of the town. We're going to take over the NBA. They were acting like the Warriors were like, like, who are you? You know, yeah. what are, and Clay kept being like, how many wings you got? One, two, three. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is that, dude? Like, now we have to deal with the wolves talking smack. It's okay. It's okay. Like, we know what they look like now when they think they're the front runners for the first half of the season, dude. This is, mm. they put a big target on their back. It's okay. Like, I, I'm not worried about the wolves at all. I know a lot of people are starting to get worried about the wolves. I, I said it over and over and over again since before the season started, there is nothing about the Wolves that intimidates me in a seven-game series. It is like, if, if you were to go against the 1990s New York Knicks in a modern NBA um, seven-game series, would you really be like, oh, man, this team is just killer with you know what they have? It's like, no. Like, that team couldn't keep up with a modern game. Like, the Wolves no. want to play games in the fucking 80s, bro. If they have, like, an 85 to 90 score, they call that a good game. This is, like, whatever. Chris Finch is an excellent coach. But other than that, like, I, don't, I really don't He's have a lot He's coaching to the strengths. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, like, they're not a seven-game series team. They're just not. Like, there's nothing about them the seven-game series team. And, and the only team that they'll beat in the seven-game series would be if somehow the Lakers slip into the first round. 
And then they'd be like, oh, we beat the king. Like, man. And, no, and they probably no, would I, talk their way out of that win, just like Dylan Brooks did. I was going to say, man, if there was a team that was going to be able to lose in the first round, that's going to be a high ranked and top four. I, I would believe the Wolves are going to end up being the top four. Has to be the Wolves, man. They're like, let's just, like, they're one player away from being able to be complete collapse. And if LeBron played against them, he would pick on them like a motherfucker. They're one good coach going up against one good coach from collapsing. Like, the right type of defense against that Wolves offense <laughs> is not going to work. And the right type of offense will just torch that defense. The thing is, I know, dude. Like, they're, they're tough to play against in the NBA schedule. But when you get seven games on the team and you're like, we're going to just keep on scratching that itch as long as you don't, you know, work it. Like, there's a, you can't run a bunch of slow-footed big men out there. Even Nas Reed is pretty versatile for what he does. But, like, this is, dude, this is not that, dude. Chet made the French big man look dumb last time we played him. Like Chet brought him out in the perimeter and he just made him look lost. And I, and you say, okay, but yeah, that's, you know, that's because Chet's so good, but you guys got to just stop and just like, say that again. Chet made the what three time, four time defensive player of the year. Look fucking stupid out there. Stupid. And, and, and that's, that's what's happening. Like Chet isn't going to go out there and dominate every single game right now. It's the consistency that happens after your second or third year that we're going to see Chet grow into. But what we're seeing from Chet in, the, in these times against the Wolves and times against you know other teams that that come out ready to play that have big men, we're seeing a step up in a way that we haven't seen before. And as a huge fan, I I can't help but wonder how much better Chet is going to be with a player like Jay Will that is consistently out there. And, and I want to say this about Jay Will, a huge shout out to um, Jalen Williams. Um, he has been playing outstanding recently in that I would call that Charles Barkley role, like rough, tough, mean, like bodying it up. He's getting some blocks like crazy right now. Um, taking the charges still, like he's doing this, the dirty work. And when he's lined up next to Chet, it's the most fluent basketball that we play. It just is. You know, like you, you see Chet and Jay Will setting screens at the um, perimeter. They're wide screens. People have trouble getting around them. And then we just get people open all the time. So, you know, people are saying, well, we need this type of big man. We need this type of big man. No, what we need is Jay Will to continue to develop. What we need is Dort to continue to develop and Josh Giddy to continue to develop. We need these guys to continue to develop in our system. Because if these guys continue to develop in the system, it's not going to be we need this player or that player. Right? It's, it's the system has worked its way out. We saw what happened when these guys are patients, when, when uh, this team was really good on fast break defense in the beginning, and then they made it into a better defense. I think we made last year was a, a top... Um, 12 team in, in, in defense last year. And then this year's huge jump to defense. Like it's all part of the system is that coach and Sam at the end of the year get together and talk about what their needs are to make the defense better, or to make the offense better. And he goes out and gets those players. So to me, it's about just trusting the system. I know people are saying trade, trade, trade. And we, we open the discussions for trade. And that's what that is, guys. We want you guys to talk about the trade. We want everybody to be in the, the discussion about the trade, throwing your, your ideas um in the chat it's all about that guys because this is what oklahoma city thunder is all about is sitting down 
watching and observing what is going on next. Josh Giddy isn't going anywhere. We can all just stop with that because Josh Giddy becomes triple the value he is currently worth right now in the offseason. So there's no reason for anybody to say that Josh Giddy's on his way out because he's not. I just wish we could all agree on that, but I get it. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. And like I mentioned to you, Jay, I love you in spite of all the horrible up, things I've, I've said about you. I, Dude. I still love you. What's up, guys? I, I've said some pretty horrible things about you, Jay. But I still love you. <laughs> no, you haven't, dude. You have not said anything horrible about Jay. Just not on the air, we, Dave. I'm just we, we just... <laughs> Jay called us out for the longest time, man. I loved it, dude. He would he's, just call the bullshit out. He's back to talk about how he thinks Giddy isn't a good fit. And look, I've learned Listen, to respect his opinion. Because he has been ahead on some things that I didn't see coming. This oh, yeah. one, Way I ahead. still, I respect the, that his opinion makes sense in this moment. But I like to see things for the way they will be and not necessarily the way they are. And with a young player who is his, Josh's age, it's very easy to look at how things are instead of how they can be. And the key to, to looking at how they can be is to look at the, the person, right? Like you can't. Mm. Just look at somebody's game and say their game is who they will always be. But if you can sure. look at a person, you say like they're relentless when it comes to work ethic. They, they're committed well, to when it comes to team. Like that's when you can believe in somebody. I've, I've been listening to a number of different podcasts. All right. Young teams podcast. Okay. We're talking teams like San Antonio Spurs podcast, right? Um, we're going over to... Um, 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 Toronto's podcast. You know what they all say? They what want Josh Giddy. What they want is more than anything is Josh Giddy. Yeah, they do. They they all say they all whisper. We want Josh Giddy. We want Josh Giddy. We want Josh Giddy. Okay, take that in context, guys. If everybody is on the outside saying we want Josh Giddy and Oklahoma City Thunder fans, which Twitter's you full of stupid moronic people out there and they're saying trade 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 right and everybody else is saying we want josh we want josh who's smart by holding josh the twitter people or sam presti you see what i'm saying like yeah like if everybody's calling we want josh do you think coaches or sam presti's getting calls about josh fuck yeah he is on a daily basis probably people are calling him say hey is josh available I, you know just wondering do you think Sam's saying, yeah, 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 he's available? Or do you think Sam's saying, hell no, he's not available? Because if he was available, every newscast, everybody would be talking about it because it would have been leaked already. But nothing's being leaked about it. Twitter is full of cess a cesspool of nastiness. There is no proof behind any of it. So for me, I'm looking at it saying, if Sam Presti's going to trade Josh Giddy, it has to come at the end of the season next beginning of next season it can't come before there's zero reason it should come before why would you go out and take a hundred dollar bill right take it to a bank and say i'm cool with taking i don't know thirty dollars in exchange for this why would you take a hundred dollar bill and go exchange it for thirty dollars the same price the same dollar i want Here's a $100 bill of American money, and I want $30 in exchange for that $100 bill. Like, well, this is just basic market shit, bro. You're not going to do that. 
the only way people, someone's going to get Josh Giddy is if they're willing to pay what Josh is worth. And if you're not willing to pay what Josh is worth, then I'm, they're moving on. Sam's not caught in talk. Like that means, is Josh Giddy available? Hell no. No one's willing to pay what it takes to get Josh Giddy. So I've even seen the Dallas Mavericks. They want him. Like how much sense does that really make for with their team build and like how he would fit? Like, like I just think in the end, even even Jay said like he thinks Josh Giddy might have top five vision of all time, and 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 that's why I'm like we can agree on so many things. I feel like I feel like Dude, we're just different denominations let me put a of scenario. the Church of the Thunder. You know what I mean? Exactly. Let me put a scenario on for you. All right, six seconds left in the game. Sideline out of balance doesn't matter. Baseline the ball's out of balance. We've called timeout. And this is going back, let's say, the last 35 years, all right? 35 years of hoops. Who are you going to pull off and put on that sideline or out of balance play? Three players I can think of right now. All right. Okay. I'm thinking Jason Kidd. Yep. I'm thinking Manu Ginobili. And I'm thinking Josh Giddy. Good. I mean, I, that's right, right at where I was at. I mean, like, there is... I mean, I, I, you'd have to go pretty far back, but Stockton I mean, would be pretty pist- great at the end of the game. Pistol Pete was amazing at it too, though. I don't remember. Like, I saw some, I saw some plays that he threw in there. But again, my point is, is that you have to seriously think about the history of the game in order to find a player that is as talented as Josh Giddy. Magic would be pretty great in that spot. Exactly. So you've got Bird. a small, Larry small, Bird. small, legendary group that we would want for players to throw the ball in that situation. And you cannot sit here and say that Josh Giddy wouldn't be there. And, and my question to everybody is how much is that worth? If Josh Giddy, all he does is throw the ball in balance and he, the, he, uh, the, the people can score 80% t- of the time when he throws the ball in balance. How valuable is that? How valuable in, in American football is a field goal kicker? How valuable is somebody in the NBA that can shoot 90% free throws? How valuable is it that these players that can close games and do these minor things that are so spectacular that you got to stop and say, he's worth it. And Josh Giddey's one of those guys that he does so many things. Open court, right. if he's in the open court, I mean, there's nobody that's going to stop where he's going. Like, he's, he's redefining how to pass the this ball. Is, and that's, shout out to Footy. This is what I'm saying, too. Like, if he just was a passer, he would be worth it. But then he goes out and he leads the team in scoring against Charlotte. And it's like, so he's not just a passer. And he's also one of the best rebounders on the team. So he's not just a passer. And it's like, I get it that if you want to be critical of him, you can say, well, the most important skill to have around Shea would be perimeter shooting. That's a, that's a very good argument. And I don't disagree with it. But to say that no oh. other skill matters around Shea is sort of asinine. And oh, to right. say a 21 year old who hasn't figured out his three point shot but has does other things at an elite level won't ever become a true valuable. That's where I'm like, look, man, you may believe that you're the biggest Thunder fan ever, but when you come to the conclusion that we should let go of somebody who has all these skills simply because he doesn't play the game to your taste, like that's where I'm just like, you're, you're, you're a fan of the Thunder in as long as they fit your model, right? You're not actually like a diehard fan of the Thunder because a diehard fan of the Thunder isn't trying to trade one of the starters for nothing. And what my only fucking point is, you see people like Kevin O'Connor 
like loudly leading leading this thing and he's from an outside media thing and of course of course dude can you imagine boston would go crazy for josh giddy right now like dude he's a connector of players and, and he can run any offense he's gonna go out dude, and he's gonna play for australia might, in the you, olympics like, that's gonna can be you imagine huge. josh in boston imagine six seconds left with josh the um, sideline out of balance i mean seriously guys think about that like people would be vibing at a whole new level so why can't Oklahoma City Thunder Twitter fans enjoy him like the rest of us? Why can't they? It's let me just put this in the plainest, because they're most miserable way. people. No, and they don't understand the game because they've been led astray by listening to the wrong Oklahoma City Thunder media, listening to the wrong Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, by saying that there is a way to have a perfect team by trading. There is a way to have a perfect team by taking Josh Giddy out of it and replacing him with a big man. Let me just tell you guys, and Sam Presti says it the best, there's no easy way to win. There's no easy way to get to the victory. You have to pay the toll. And Sam Presti understands that. And if you're sitting there saying, we have to trade Josh Giddy, we got to get rid of Josh Giddy," it's because you do not understand the concept of one thing, patience. And that's not our fault. That's not our fault here in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, the podcast to listen to right here, The Last Storm. That's not our fault because we've been preaching it since day one. You need guys like Josh Giddy. You need guys like Chet. You need guys like Shea. You need guys like J-Dub. You need guys like Dort. In order to complete a team, chemistry, a team, guys, you just don't want to pull apart and try to make this a Clippers team or you don't want to pull this team apart and try to make it like the Suns team. No. Fuck no. Keep your bullshit away from us. This podcast is only about players that are positive in Oklahoma City. And you can say anything you want. Anything you want about this team. But when push comes to shove, you don't run it. You don't understand it. Because we don't understand it. And we for sure as fuck don't run the team. But we sit there and we support Sam Presti because he has the vision to make this team into a championship caliber team. And the only way there is by listening to Sam and understanding Sam. And Sam tells you guys every single beginning of the season what the goal is that season. And yet sometimes people still can't get it through their fucking brains that this is the way the Oklahoma City Thunder run, their, run the team. What makes us different here, what makes us our fan base different, our listeners different, is one fucking thing. They're willing to listen to Sam Presti and what he is t currently saying at that very fucking moment. And they take him for his word. They don't try to twist his words into something that's like, oh, here you go. This is what Sam's saying. He's looking for the greatest team of all time. So thus he's going to trade away everybody to get there. No. Sam Presti's going to do it his fucking way. And we're all just here watching it. We have no say in it at all. So why don't we just fucking enjoy it? That's right, baby. And if you guys roll with us, then we'll fuck with you. And if not, you can fuck off. Because we don't fuck with you. Love you guys. We love you guys. See you next time.